0: My name is Justice Payne and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and has become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. shit is Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, here to of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga a real quick cow, White guy. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but he doesn't. Now look at that guy, you only fuck that. Black D. This is bullshit, this is man. This- Motherfucker fuck you fuck you and fuck you Who's next? and now ladies and gentlemen for the introduction hosted by jcat morris you are now listening to yakuza, yakuza kick, kick radio. radio
1: welcome to yakuza kick radio i'm your host J. Cat morris back at this motherfucker again so I guess you know best way to get back into this is to get back into the same personal shit I was talking about last week uh, and let you know what's going on with me and all this. So, you know, um, doing slightly better mentally. You know, I I have those those waves like most people have. You know, you struggle with some things, and if you're strong enough, you usually have your upswing. I'm not saying that people are stuck down or weak or anything like that. Just saying that um, that's at least the way that I operate. I get really low um, and then I'm able to rebound off of it. And a lot of the other shit that was crumbling me on those off days, I'm able to endure, you know, it's like you can only tolerate so much before the bottom really falls out. And then you got to kind of start building again. So doing a little better, although not everything has gone better. Um, so I'd mentioned, you know, I was force feeding a cat at work who had diabetes and stopped eating and his liver was failing because he was stopping eating. I was force feeding my chicken at home because I felt, um, my flock may have Marek's disease. And, um, so to report on those things, the cat at work is thriving his blood work is now where his liver is rebounded. He's doing really well. He's getting way more aggressive with me because that's who he was before he didn't feel good. You know, he, when when he started not feeling good, he was like a dish rag. I could carry him around, do whatever. But that wasn't Hopper, you know. So I knew when I got to the better side of things with Hopper, Hopper was going to get a little bit more aggressive again. So he's back to his old self for the most part. I'm still able to get everything I need to get done with him, but he's back to eating on his own. Um, I had been force feeding him, um, even going up there on my day off and force feeding him and giving him fluids and giving him his medication, his insulin, his everything. So, um, you know, I've been doing a lot for him and I'm, I'm back on track with him. So uh, the diabetes is something we're going to have to keep dealing with, um, but there's different things that I could sway and hopefully get him in a good position. Um, even having the diabetes. So um, good on his end. Um, on the end of my my check-in, Clark Hogan, unfortunately, um, she passed the other day. Uh, it was very upsetting because, you know, I've never dealt with this Marrick's disease as far as treatment. And um, I went by the book for, you know, the way that I was going to treat it. They say sometimes they make it, sometimes they don't. Clearly wasn't anything that I did wrong. And the way, the way I could tell you that for sure is because when I first started treating her, I had her locked in the cage and, uh, you know, kept her isolated in there and, um, I was force feeding her first with a syringe, um, just to give you like a brief, like how you're going to have to force feed a chicken if you do, (laughs) um, the way that their throat works, there's a little hole on the bottom of their, their throat, um, right maybe like two inches down, like from the tip of the beak, about two inches from the tip of the beak. So like right at the back of the mouth, you know, throat, like towards the downwards, that's their airway. So they have a way of blocking that when they're eating. But if you're forcing something down there, they may not react the same way to block it as they normally do when they eat, so you have to make sure not to shoot any kind of food into their airway, you know, into their lungs, because then they're going to aspirate and die. So um, you have to get it up and over, and then you could shoot anything down there, and it goes right down into their crop, and uh, it'll digest, start digestion from there. So I started out with a syringe, and then um, and also I started her on pain medication. She was on an anti-inflammatory, which helps you know, get them get their legs back together. But her head was like, she was just like flopping over. Like her head would just lay like flat and, and she'd have a hard time picking it up. You can kind of encourage her to, like if you held it up, she could hold it up for a little while once you got it up there. But she wasn't eating. She wasn't doing anything else. Um, she became more responsive. So she was holding her head up a lot, lot better. Um, by the end, I'm telling you the day before uh, and even that morning when I went in there, she was sleeping like a normal chicken. Like she would tuck her head into her feathers. Like they kind of turned their head backwards and just like tuck their head into their feathers like a pillow. And she was doing that, which she never did initially. And she had gotten way more, um, mobile. She wasn't getting around still cause her legs weren't working just yet, but her feet were spreading out. Like she was standing better on her feet without fully standing because at first her her little um hands were just like clenched you know her feet were just clenched so she couldn't even open them if she wanted to because that's just like the position she was stuck in so she kept getting stronger and stronger and closer to being just like full chicken um so we went from that um the syringe to uh, a feeding tube because then i was able to use a giant syringe put that feeding tube all the way down and then just pumped the food into her. I was getting a ton of food in her. She got so strong. And this was like towards the end where um, I, I got at least four days of the feeding tube going in her. And she was, I mean, just thriving where I was like, man, she's going to be standing soon. And we went in to do it the other night and she was just dead. So, you know, we, we did everything we could for that that condition. And, you know, I felt like we we definitely gave her a shot at beating it. And unfortunately she didn't and it's, it's heartbreaking. I'm not, at least for now, I'm not going to add to my flock. I'm going to just continue to try to stay on top of the health of everybody and, uh, you know, try to keep everybody right. It's just, it's heartbreaking losing them. And if I think that there's something that is in there that could affect more birds, I'm not going to add new birds to the flock. I also got, um, an antiviral antibacterial, um, cleaner. So I'm going to like, Clean, clean my pen out w- with this special stuff that's supposed to kill like all sorts of different things that your average disinfectant doesn't. So, um, just, you know, just extra measures. I can just keep taking extra measures. Everything I think of or find out, I, I try to apply. So, that's what's going on there. Um, my friend Bruce, um, I had talked about uh, him being arrested on cold case murder last week. Um, so I'm still not, you know, sold one way or another. Um, I'm right now I'm going to go on um, innocent and proven guilt until proven guilty um, based on a, a bunch of other things that I learned, you know, via talking to Maria directly. Um, she's been doing a lot of research and a lot of um, kind of detective work. You know, she's been forced to, in order to save her husband, because she truly believes that he didn't do this and that that very well you know could be the case and and that's how i'm treating it because this dude was definitely my my friend no no maybes about it so just just the extra things that i have learned um he has a half brother and again like the dna was supposedly a close match not um not like an exact match He has a half-brother that lived right in that area, actually lived within the same um, set of apartment buildings as the girl who was murdered. So there's, like, three buildings. She lived in one of them. And this this other guy, the the half-brother, he lived in one of those, too. This guy's had, like, you know, kicking out a police window, fucking, like, a bunch of charges and shit over the years. And been kind of, like, a loose cannon, like, getting into shit, getting drunk, getting all fucked up. Um, I think he has a court date coming soon for something. Um, there's a chance that that's, that's who, who they're actually looking for. And, you know, the way that, uh, it went just has them thinking, Oh, we got our guy, but may not be the case. Um, also, um, as far as him running, he didn't really run. I mean, he technically by the police, you know, he didn't come to them or he didn't stay in there and wait. But when they came to the door, like, you know, lots of fucking cops and the under arrest for the murder, all that shit. um, He tried to get to the backyard to call his wife to try to get a lawyer, like on the phone and, you know, trying to, because like just to hear those words coming in the door to him was terrifying, obviously. And um, he just, he was trying to get her on the phone to do that. And like, like I said before with him, like, he's not a runner. This guy's got like a bad foot and if it rains, he's limping around and stuff. So th- there was never uh, definitely no, no thought in his mind. Like I'm going to go beat this, you know, like it, it was like trying to buy himself a, a, a minute just to get on the phone. You know, there wasn't like, I'm, I'm going to outrun these guys, <laughs> I, I think, uh, it's been a long time since Bruce is out, Ryan, anything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the whole situation is terrible. I talked to Maria a bunch and, you know, she's doing as well as she can. Her family's really coming together and trying to, you know, prove his innocence. And, um, you know, I, I just, I can only hope that he's innocent. You know, I, I have no problem with, you know, Changing the way I feel about somebody if something horrific happened that they're responsible for, you know, if this guy did this, then he's no longer my friend. But the same way that the law works, you know, I feel like I should be giving him that benefit of the doubt because it's not. And there's a lot of shady shit about this case where, like, this girl was murdered. She was found um, in the woods Covered in snow because I guess there was a snowstorm and she was covered in like a couple inches of snow when they found her a couple days after she went missing, fully clothed, had her backpack on. And for um, for years, as they reported this case, they clearly stated she was not raped or robbed. And then suddenly. When they went and got Bruce, they're saying he's being charged with sexual assault and this and this. And it's like, well, wait a minute and murder. And, you know, well, how is that if she was not raped or robbed as as many of your previous reports have gone? There was an article that was written like 15 years after she was killed that said 15 years later, still haven't found the killer and detailed the whole case. And right in there as well said, was not raped or robbed. So you wonder, like, where did that suddenly come from? Um, the other thing that, you know, does help as far as, uh, you know, the possibility that Bruce didn't do it is, uh, supposedly they found a couple hairs in her hand and that's where the DNA came from. Um, when the DNA was submitted, the, um, I don't know what the titles of the people who accept DNA and all of that shit is, whoever that woman is put in her report that it was such an insignificant amount of evidence as far as like the amount of DNA that they were able to get that it was almost like insubmissible and that, that she was putting it in there because that's all they had, but it was almost like having nothing because it wasn't enough to really have like substantial um, DNA from it. You know, it was like trace kind of shit. Um, also the, the hairs that they, that they found three long hairs or something like three, I'm not sure number wise, you know, but, uh, they found just a couple hairs in her hand and they were long. And, uh, Maria says she's got, you know, pictures of Bruce in November at their daughter's birthday party that year, which was like the same month that this happened. And he's got like short haircut and he had a short haircut for years. There was no long hair right before or around that point and the um the half brother happened to have like a longer kind of like skater cut kind of deal so again like something that might point in that direction if if all of these things are true i don't fucking know because i wasn't there i can only hope that the the guy that i knew for for years and and did so much for me I, i would just hope that this this isn't that type of guy that did that thing but anything's fucking possible in this world. And, you know, I'm not going to be naive or anything like that. But all I could do is give my friend the benefit of the doubt until he's, he's proven guilty. And if he's proven guilty, man, I'm, I, you know, I'll feel the way I'm going to feel about it because, it, it, you know, I, I can't respect somebody that murders a girl or, you know, rapes and murders a girl, however it went down, because that's uh, clearly off limits. You know, you, you don't you don't do stuff like that and then later on redeem yourself even through acts of kindness or friendship or anything like that you can't just write that over like yeah it doesn't bad shit anyway so uh see at the barbecue you know like you know if I clearly any any knowledge of some shit like that i wouldn't have even became friends with a guy like that so um yeah it's it's devastating but um i'll I'll keep you guys updated like i said I, i put it right on the table from the start so uh, I might as well keep you updated at this point because I'm taking it as it comes. But, um, yeah, so that's uh, those are pretty much the updates I want to dealt with. I've I, um, been scrambling like a motherfucker at work. I got 16 cats from our Newark branch because they took in like 30 cats from a hoarding situation yesterday. So they called us panicking that, uh, you know, you know, can we help them? And um, I found uh, a way to do so by getting the last cats that I took from them out of the room that I was keeping them quarantined in just a little earlier than I had planned in order to intake another 16 from them to buy them some room to handle what they had to handle. So I'm glad that we were able to help. Um, We're now, uh, you know, handling that. I mean, we are loaded um, if anybody's in the area, anybody has any kind of, um, you know, connections or anyone that's that's in the area of where I, I do this show, um, go up to Popcorn Park, Adopt-A-Cat. I mean, we are loaded and anything you could possibly want, we pretty much have. I mean, may not be every single color, or every single um, classification that way. Like, I want an orange long hair. Maybe we don't have exactly that at the moment, um, but you know, we have like the sweetest orange cat, you know, she's, she's really sweet. Um, she purrs like a raccoon. You can hear her from across the, uh, the room. We just got her from Newark yesterday. Um, beautiful young gray cat. Um, I mean, a lot of them uh, just so many kittens, adults, seniors, uh, pairs. I mean, we got, we got things of all sorts. So, you know, definitely, um, shelters everywhere need help though too so if you're in, you're in another area and you're able to you know add to your home and go adopt a cat it's always appreciated and, get, and make sure these cats are fixed out there because this this is uh, this is all created by humans so uh, football fucking season is upon us I will tell you that shit right fucking now last night I was deadlifting at fucking 10:30 at night because fucking football season had begun. And I was at halftime. And the fucking Cowboys were hanging with the fucking Bucks because the Bucks looked like hot garbage last night. Tommy. But you know what it is, though? Tommy fucking starts out looking shaky, where you go like, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have it any. And by the end of the season, he's, like, untouchable. That's just, that's the way Brady does. I, I forget which year it was. It was a couple years back. But it was, I think, the last one he won with the Patriots. That year when they started, he was getting fucking destroyed back there. That offensive line was just letting them in and he was getting fucking killed. And I was like, dude, it sucks to see Tom like going out like this where like the end of his career is going to be just getting rocked in the backfield. And they turned that fucking season around and won the Super Bowl and was like. I can't even believe the season started with me going like, why is this guy doing this to himself? And at the end of the season, you're like, oh, this is why. Because he just won another fucking Super Bowl. You know? Um, so I'm not going to sleep on, dude. And I'm not going to pretend like this is the way it'll go all year. Because I know motherfucking well it's not. And they still got the win. So take that as what it, it, it was an ugly game. It was all that. But you still log that as 1-0. and so it's not even like, oh, well, hopefully they rebound. Because as long as they scrape them out, they're good. But they're going to hit a way more dominant stretch. His connection with Gronk is still ridiculous. Uh, Gronk was just catching balls that they couldn't fucking stop him. They he, he was he was acting like young Gronk. Like sitting right in the middle, just fucking catching the ball, taking a hit. You know, the other guy's got to come in to help tackle. Like, forget it it's fucking crazy but um that dude that got hurt i saw that shit um the fuck's his name like hayward bay or some shit he's got a, a hyphenated name i don't know why they do that but um he fucking he i seen the way his arm flailed out after he he made a hit i think he made the hit and the way his fucking like arm spun it was like if you were like opening the refrigerator door but your arm kept going You know what I mean? Like, and it, it just like the forearm swung to the outside, and I was like, oh, it's not supposed to be in that position because you really can't open your arm any further that way. You can't really get like side to side, you know. So, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was ugly, and I knew it. And then today, now I'm seeing like clips and video pictures and shit, like his bone came out or some shit. Like, yeah, fuck all that. Um. So I don't know that that could very well affect their defense, too, because, you know, you start losing guys like that. You got to compensate for that if that becomes a weak spot on that field. You know, we'll see what happens. But I am just so fucking hyped that football season is back. That's like the fucking greatest thing. All right. Let's see what other topics I got here. Um, So AEW did a show on Sunday. Uh, They debuted CM Punk brian danielson uh ruby soho which is uh ruby riot i guess uh adam cole suzuki uh, you know big fucking show all i heard was just positive positive like people were bugging the fuck out some people were saying this is the greatest pay-per-view of all time you know uh some people were saying which you know i i don't know like I don't know. I don't know if, if I'd call it that, but I, I didn't even watch it. So I, I can't even tell you like where I'd rank it because I, I didn't watch it. But I can tell you from everything I heard, it sounded fantastic. It sounded exactly what you want. Lots of su- surprises on top of shit that you thought it was going to happen that, that exceeded expectations or lived up to expectations. Cause when you put that much good shit on a card, if all those things wind up being exactly what you hope they would be fucking the fans are, are over the moon about it, you know, and, and adding the, the, the guys that they've been adding, it's just, you, you can't not be competition at that point, which, you know, yeah, WCW was competition for a minute until Vince just crushed them. So, to not give them credit for what they're doing is kind of crazy. This brings me to my next topic. Brian um, Picard. Uh, See, this is the the weird part. When when stuff like this happens, I got to explain to you who they are. Because no one knows who the fuck I'm talking about. So, Brian was a guy who worked with CZW... Back in the early goings of CCW uh, He wrestled under the name Atticus, Atticus Reigns um, No one will remember That because it was very not memorable um, Nothing he did in, in wrestling Has been relevant as far as I'm concerned um, So he was uh, I'll go back to his history In a minute but I'm just going to give you A quick rundown of you know who he is And who he is to me and all that Um, so, you know, I started attending CZW in 2001, so clearly he had seen me around quite a bit, um, at some point, and I don't really remember exactly when or how we, we started talking, but we started just kind of chatting and, you know, whether at a show at, at the shows we would talk. Um, and then, you know, we got into the, you know, friendship online type thing. And he was always so supportive of, like, all the things that I've done. Um, You know, he was one of the people that would, you know, would reach out to me when I was shit-faced and losing my mind online and all that. And, you know, acting like a fucking idiot. And, uh, you know, and then when when I got sober, he was, like, you know, so, like, proud. And, you know, the dude was you know, really connected to all the things that I was doing personally. He's always very supportive of the things I do with animals. And, um, I, I don't know, like, you know, you, you have a handful of people on the Facebook that they probably would be your friends if they were close enough. I see this, the thing is like, for the most part, I, I don't have fucking friends. I consider myself not to have friends. Now I have people that, or online, and, 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 you know, I have connections with even my man Shaheen, you know, like, great dude, and if we were closer, we'd hang out all the fucking time, because, you know, we vibe and all that, but the way that it translates to my life is, you know, we, we talk online, and this, and this, but, you know, his life goes the way his life goes, and mine goes the way it goes, but, you know, when you have, like, regular friends, like, you're, you know, you're, you're, hey, you know, what are you doing later, and that type of shit, which, you know, isn't either one of our faults. I'm not saying that, you know, he's not a good friend because we don't hang out. It's just long distance. It's a different thing, you know what I mean? So it doesn't doesn't strike me the same way like friend friend would it like if you hung out, you know. So I'm just saying like, um and there's a handful of people that I would consider like the type of people that I would be friends with if I was close enough to be friends with. So many people on Facebook are just fucking acquaintances and half the motherfuckers don't even know you exist. They're just on your list and you just just another fucking number next to the word friend on on the thing. But you don't interact with them, you don't, you know, there's nothing. But there's your there people who you talk to regularly and again like like uh, you know, Shaheen Jeez, um Sozio, uh, my man Paul, uh, Jeff. I mean, th- I mean, there's a lot of cats that I talk to online on a regular basis that I, that I really like a- as a person. You know what I mean? And Brian was one of those. Brian was one of those 100%. And this is why it's kind of tough to have to go this route. But it is what it is because... I've gotten to the point where I'm just fucking too tired of fake shit. I can't, I can't fucking bite my tongue while someone's just completely hypocritical or, or just doing some complete clown shit. And I don't give a fuck who you are anymore because, as I said, I don't see you in regular life any fucking way. So what are we going to stop fucking hanging out if I'm honest with you and you can't handle it? Because that's just what it's going to be. I've gotten tired of talking to people and I'm like, they're on some bullshit, but I got to bite my tongue because I'm a friend of his. What the fuck am I going to do that for? So I got to be fake in order to be friends. Fuck all that, man. Like, I wound up having to deal with what the fuck I'm going to deal with day in and day out with no fucking actual support. I don't get any, you know, unwind. Let's go watch a game. Let's go, you know. I did, there's none of there's none of any of that shit going on It's is me by my fucking self you know and that's that's another part of it, like who i am and, and what i'm about and all of this so you know people would mock the stripes and you know tiger stripes and all this shit the people who don't like me obviously um but you know the tiger stripes i got my back tiger stripe i got my forearms tiger stripe number one i'm a cat person through and through and that was my way of, of conveying that but why i've i've, I've been drawn towards tigers not only are they a beautiful animal but their way of life is very solo very um you know you, you just you got to go rogue they they're, they're solo hunters that's kind of how they, they roll they have their families and shit when it goes to hunting they don't hunt in you know packs or prides or you know they're they're just solo and that's that's how i felt my whole life is i've had to do shit by me you know what I mean? And if it was going to be, you know, me sink or swim, I couldn't be looking around for fucking answers or, or high fives or someone to hold me up and shit. I was going to have to fucking do that. I pulled myself out of alcoholism because I did that shit. You know what I mean? I, I've gotten myself in, in the shape that I'm in and continue to push myself in, in even better shape and put myself in, in better positions because I did that shit. You know what I mean? 43 years old, and I look better than half these fucking 20-something-year-old fucking wrestlers that are running around all fat and shit. You know, all these fucking anti-vax assholes that are sloppy and fat. I look better than these motherfuckers. Like, you know. And we'll talk more about them in a bit. Um, they're not all fat, and there's a there's a difference, but yeah. Um, so, you know, all the shit that I've... I take responsibility for my actions as well as knowing that I have to take responsibility for my outcome, for what I do and, and what I put forth, you know, what I do with cats. Again, that that's me. Like so many times it's like if it wasn't for me being where I was, that cat wouldn't have lived or that cat wouldn't have gotten a chance or um, wouldn't have been looked in the same positive light that it wound up being looked at in and been adopted based on the way it was being portrayed and my understanding of that cat presented it with that opportunity because I've seen other people misunderstand this, the the very same cat. And then I changed the tone of that, you know? And like, that's just how I operate. I take heavy responsibility for my own actions on my worst fucking critic on every fucking thing. You know how many times like, I hit Jeremy up after doing this show and I'm just like, was it good, bro? Like, what did you like it? Like, I, I've i been doing this show for fucking 10 years and I'm still like, yo, like I, I really, really fucking appreciate when somebody hits me up and is like, yo, I loved the show last night. All right? You know, that was great when you said this or this and this, because I don't fucking know, man. I'm just talking. And and it turns out that, you know. A good chunk of people like me every week, because that's what the numbers on the thing say, that it's it's not just me talking to me. And I appreciate that shit, but I'm not in a way where I think I'm just like the best at this or best at that. You know, at a certain point you have to build some confidence behind you in order to do what you're going to do and be proud of what you do. So some of that confidence that I built might look like arrogance to people, but it's not to me, it's not because I still am a heavy, heavy judge of myself. And, you know, so I, I see I see where things are going and I try not to be hypocritical about things. Um, so now when let's talk about negativity. We're going to get back to Brian. We're just going to really kind of cover all the bases of this real quick. So a lot of people might compare what I'm about to talk about with Brian to what I've done over the years here on this show, as well as really specifically about CZW. Fact of the matter is, is they're they're very not the same thing. My criticism of CZW always came from a place of love. Now, again, let me define because in the end there was no love. CZW was something that was very very special to me, and when Zandig was running that company, it had a very outlawish vibe. You felt like um, you know you were part of something underground, kind of. You know, obviously you still hoped it thrived and and blew up and you love to see cage of death packed and best of the best packed, even though it hate, it sucked to sit there because you know, you get these jerk offs that can't handle their alcohol. I mean, I was one of them, but <laughs> I was a regular, you know, yeah. I knew people that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, and, uh, they, uh, they would pack the joint and it would get real sloppy and shit. And even back in the days where everybody was smoking in the building, there would be just cigarette smoke. It was heavy as fuck in there. But, um, but yeah, like I, it was something special to me. So when DJ took it over, you know, CZW still clung to parts of what made them special, but they they degraded. They they continued to go backwards and, and really go in the wrong direction. And the thing was is along the way I would call them out on their shit. And multiple times I had DJ on the on the show for hours. And um, he would always just, like, politician his way through shit. He would talk down to you, like, you don't really know all the things that go on. And, uh, well, we've tried some things, but you don't know, like, it's not the way it works. And he would just try to, like, big league you, like, running a company isn't so, you know. and, And he just, he tried to act, like, too smart for you, which he's DJ Hyde. DJ Hyde's not too smart for fucking anybody they, they, You know I I got a fucking Shelter full of animals that are smarter Than DJ Hyde So for him to talk to you like that You, you just You listen and go like hmm, Alright yeah So um But yeah he um He would always kind of be condescending about shit Where like he just knew better He had some kind of vision that It was very unproven Cause the only thing that ever worked was kind of going with the blueprint of what brought CCW to the dance to begin with. So as he continued to insult my intelligence as a fan and just drag that company in the wrong direction for the sake of being Sammy Callahan's friend, for the sake of being Drake's friend, that's why DJ would do everything he did was because he tried to be in with these guys so bad that he would just let them run the show. And, really depended on how they felt like running the show or which one of their friends could show up on whether you got a good show or not. So it just really turned into just garbage. And, um, that's, that's just what it is with him now, you know, cause he, he was never built to do that shit. So my constant attack on CZW was wishing it was at least the same vibe of what it used to be, at least the same, direction of what it used to be because it used to have somewhat of its own brand in mind it didn't just have like okay you came in from ohio Ooh, i really like you so why don't you go get everybody from ohio and you book half my card because i think you're great so clearly everyone you know must be great and we'll just make that the roster that's not what czw was before and that's what it became with the guys from indiana and then the guys from ohio And it was the same shit. There were some absolute stars in that group, but it wasn't all. And CCW didn't necessarily have a way to use that or the booking ideas were garbage and fell apart every time. So they continually did shit that made me want to fucking rip it apart because they were already condescending about knowing what they were doing so well that it put a chip on my shoulder where it's like, I'm going to fucking talk about every time that you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And time and time again, they would prove me right. To the point where even Sozio would come on, ex CCW champion, and rip the show apart with me like it was a yearly event, like Christmas to us, you know? And in the end, and Maven was the same type of condescending, which also attaches to this whole thing. You know, Maven, you know, every fucking day will post about, the shit that WWE books and who booked this shit, your booking is garbage. What do you fuck are you talking about? How many times are you going to scream about somebody else's booking? When you have the opportunity to book, you book fucking trash. You dress like Alicia Fox and you're Maeve Leisha Fox and you come the fuck out there and that's your big fucking gimmick or, Oh, you're Hogan this pal. It's just what the fuck is going on? Like, you're the guy who's criticizing booking? Like, I don't know. I'm criticizing shit because I was a fan. I criticize it as a fan to say that I used to be a fan based on this type of product. So now that you're giving me this type of product, I'm going to tell you why I don't like that type of product. You don't have to change a fucking thing because it's not my company. But if you want to know why you're losing me as a fan, you just listen to me talk and now you know exactly why. So that's that's the whole basis and point of me putting forth my opinion. Take it if you do, if you want it. Don't take it if you don't. And the way that I am with my honesty, I'm fucking just brutally fucking honest. And, you know, look, you could find a little fanboy, a little Mark that runs around and just claps the fucking faces and boos the fucking heels. And if the people around them are happy and they're happy, then that means it's a good match. Like, or you could watch the match and say, hey, like, I remember when these guys wrestled three years ago and that shit was way better. Well, now you're set, you're acknowledging that this match was better than that match. And that's something I think we should be able to do with fans, because it's which did you enjoy? You know, if you see one match where a guy uh, comes off the fucking rope and, and leapfrogs the guy and, and by the time he hits the other rope, he's fucking rolling through and, you know, they got the sequence going and it's great. And, and then another time you watch a match, the guy goes to leapfrog and he catches his shorts on the guy's forehead. And now I'm like, yo, this, this guy's fucking terrible. Uh, somebody's fucking bad in this situation. And they're like, you don't have the right to say anything because you're a fucking fan. It's like, but yeah, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and still criticize. But if you want to hear like no criticism at all and everybody's just cool, there's plenty of those in the fan and in, in the crowd. And there's plenty of those that'll have podcasts that'll just be nice about everything because they want you to like them. There's plenty of those. You don't have to look very far to find a podcast that will blow every wrestler you know if they come on your show. So I'm just not going to be that. And then you should just take it for what it is. That That's it. You know, there's no personal fucking, like, grudge. There's no, like, it, it's just, it's just talk. But, um... So Brian, back to Brian, now that we've distinguished what I do, and that's the only, that's my basis on it. Brian doesn't like Brett Lauderdale. Brian doesn't like Joey Janela. The reasons behind those, for the most part, is Brett and CZW don't get along. Also, you know, Brett Maven don't get him on. So, um, Brian with his, you know, past, he, his CZW past as, as it were, um, he, uh, doesn't like Brett on, on behalf of, of that. Now I'll be the first to tell you, I can't stand Brett. I can't stand Danny DeMano. I don't, I don't like these people, you know, and, um, but I can tell you if, the same way that I could tell you, like, yo, uh, I was fucking wishing death on DMX long before he died. But I could also tell you that those fucking, those early albums, I mean, the the, the first two albums were unsolvable. You know, absolute classics, absolute legend. Loved that those fucking albums, and I rock them. Still rock them. But as a person, I ain't have any respect. for for him. He tortured dogs. Dogs died in his fucking hands. Dogs suffered because of him. So I'm sorry. That's my priorities and that's how I feel about the dude as a person. But that doesn't mean if he puts out a dope-ass fucking album, clearly that's all behind him, but um, if he puts out a dope-ass album, I'm going to call it that. Just like if Brett puts out a dope-ass product, I'm going to call it that. If Danny D'Amano puts on a great fucking show, I'm going to call it that. You know, and that's that's just that's honesty. That's fucking that's that's. Um, not being biased, really, you know, what I mean, like I'll throw my jabs in there because I want to make sure you, you don't think I change my mind about this person. But if the match is good, the match is good. If you just go in and be like, I don't like him, so the match sucks. Well, they didn't even start wrestling yet. So now your opinion's not valid. It's just not fucking valid. So that was his way of watching AEW, was reading what happened online for the most part. Cause I don't think he even really watched it. He definitely didn't watch the pay per view that he spent fucking three days criticizing. At first, you know, he, he was talking, he, he was consistently, and th- this is what him and Maven both do the same shit. Every single day, I haven't been friends with Maven for a while, but um, every single day or every time a wrestling show is on, all you got to do is just be on Facebook and you'd be like, oh, there must be AEW on because this dude's complaining about it every single day that it's on. And, you know, it'll just be like petty shit. So his his first complaint was some shit about like... um. Well, yeah, they blew all of their good shit on the pay per view. That sounds like they did really good last night, meaning, like, you didn't watch this shit. It sounds like they really did uh, a great show, but I think they just let too much out at once. So, like, now they'll, you know, they'll fizzle out after that. It, or something like that. And uh, that CZW once did too much. They, they gave the fans too much too soon, or some shit like that. But. You know, even with CZW or even with WWE, look at what they do. <clears throat> they have more or less quarterly pay per views that matter. Matter. They tried to make some of the other pay per views a little bit better and and um, have a following to them, but they don't they don't spotlight those like they do, uh, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Summerslam. You know, they don't they don't spotlight them the same way. Those are like the big one. You know, the four. So, Survivor Series, isn't that the fourth one? I think. Um, But, uh, you know, so that's kind of the way wrestling goes. That's not even just like, oh, AEW's fucking up. So that was like his first criticism. And then the the next day he was like, AEW shouldn't have four pay-per-views a year. They should have more so they could spread it out or or, or some shit like this. And I'm like, so wait a minute. First, you're saying they can't top the show they just did because they put too much good shit on one show. And then you're following that by saying they should have more shows, which obviously would make it harder to top that because it would be there would be more to put out. There would be, you know, you're stacking the odds against yourself. How can you have one show that's better than. Eleven shows, you know, like now you have eleven shows to fill in if you're doing a monthly. But if you do them every four months, you could plan four super cards a year, and the one might be a little better than the other one. But the heat and the the buzz from the one will die down by the time the next one comes around, and people will be so happy with you booked for that next one that that everything's just going to be all good. And yeah, you can go at the end of the year and be like, which one was better? But you're not killing your own buzz. And, and to like put on like those I don't like even WWE shit like you put on those four big pay-per-views, but you charge for fucking pay-per-view every month anyway, you know, until the, the network thing, which I guess the network changed things with that. But, you know, what I mean, like if you were charging $60 every single month, but really only four of those shows were going to be great and you knew it. They're suckers for sitting here buying that shit. And you get to a certain point and you're like, mm, yeah, just point out the ones that I should be paying money for because shit ain't free. Um, so I, I think that's just the way wrestling goes. I don't think that that's like, oh, AEW's fucking up. But it's just like every turn he had something to say about it. Um, he, then he said uh, uh, when they booked um, the Suzuki Moxley for a Wednesday – First, he goes, Moxley, Suzuki, oh, this is interesting. Like, he was actually liking something they did. And then he immediately started going, why are they giving this away on TV? It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to create a buzz? Why wouldn't you want to make your show watchable every single time someone tunes in? I I think it's laziness, and I think it's arrogance, when you decide that you don't have to give them anything on TV, you just tease them until they, they pay for your shit. I I understand you want to build towards something bigger, but you fucking entertain people when they turn into your show, they tune into your show. You need to fucking entertain them. That's what they're signing up for. That's what they're turning your show on for. Not for a long ass commercial for their pay-per-view because the more that you expose that is that that's all it's supposed to be the fuck's watching their TV show? I'll, I'll fucking read the recaps and you're not going to give me the good match until the thing anyway, so what the fuck? It, it just doesn't make fucking sense. But it's like every single thing he can nitpick about this fucking show, he was doing for the sake of doing it. Because he didn't, and the fact is, is he didn't watch the fucking pay-per-view. He had no intention on watching any of it. This dude told me, Oh, yeah, like, because he had a long-time grudge. He still has a grudge against CM Punk because CM Punk didn't work out in CZW. CM Punk didn't work out in CZW because he was up against Justice Payne. He was in a building with John Zandook who wasn't impressed about anybody who did anything any fucking wear. He'd be like, I had a fucking Canadian kid. Oh, you mean El Generico? Yeah, I- I'm pretty sure <laughs> he's a big... deal. Oh, oh, and Kevin Steen... Yeah, yeah, had a fucking whatever, Mr. Wrestling Kid. You know, like, that's, that's how he thought of these outsiders. So CM Punk had already made a name for himself over, you know, Mid-South. And the fans were super fucking hyped that he was coming in. And he was like, eh, whatever, go talk to fucking Chris, you know, and like, uh, you know, however it was handled. And Punk already, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder. The way he carried himself was going to be like, nah, like... You know, I've proven myself and this is the way I do things and he's not going to be talked down to either. So it was just like kind of two egos in one spot. CM Punk had an ego and a mind for the business enough to get himself to the fucking higher echelon. Rosandig was just a fucking set in his ways, willing to fight a motherfucker kind of guy. So it was two very different things. And I understand with Zandig's side of things because I was Team CZW too. You know, I was all about all of that. So I get it, because that's your house, and he's coming into your house, so how dare he? But keep in mind of what he became and what Zandig became. Zandig became a fucking angry Trumper, and CM Punk became one of the most famous wrestlers. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says, of all time. Of all fucking time. You don't go like fucking seven Royal Rumbles, with your name being chanted, where you haven't shown up for seven fucking years, and every single year... That that company tours to Chicago The rumors swirl Every single fucking time That's popularity on a level That we haven't seen that many fucking times So I'm not saying best ever I'm not saying any of that shit Like like that stuff But one of the most popular wrestlers Of all time One up um, Yeah you know He was not the glitz of, of uh, Austin and The Rock You know but this guy was more self-made than any of those guys, because he wasn't liked by the main the, the the management there, the 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 Triple H and whatnot. You know, he was an indie guy that wasn't made to fucking last in the WWE. They weren't about those guys. AJ Styles couldn't get a fucking call, you know, and he he did he did his fucking thing. But that's why like me again I, I try to continue to learn about things even though i felt this way this time at the time i'm sure i was like ah oh, cm punk's a dick or whatever but then i, I started watching him, him work working roh and i'm like this clearly wasn't his fault because he's working great fucking matches with this guy and with this guy he's having this long program of raven and like why would raven have you know matches with this guy that's so unprofessional like You know, he's been around long enough where he would take offense to that type of unprofessionalism. If that guy was a dickhead backstage or wasn't willing to go over anything or anything, then then how would Raven handle that shit? I don't think he'd be so tolerant to it. And, and, you know, the list goes on of the guys that he was working, the American Dragons, the, you know, everybody. So homicide, you know, the list goes on and on. So he kind of proved himself in, in my book. You know, he, he was over there killing it. The promos he was cutting in, he started to really look like a star. So when he, he made it to the WWE and he took that ball and ran with it, he fucking earned it. And the, the thing that he did after that is he started working with guys like Cena. And he brought a side out of Cena that I hadn't seen before. I'm sure it existed. I'm sure there was matches that, you know, he, he was in that realm. But he worked more of an indie style. He worked more of a you know, getting suplex, doing this move, doing that move faster paced. but also, you know within the w w e structure of things. So it was like a hybrid kind of style that they were working that was like indie ish, but still within the w w e universe. It wasn't that far outside of the realm of that where. You were like, what? What fucks up with these guys? You know, like it it worked, it flowed well. CM Punk seems to be a really good match planner. That's that's one of the things I would give him the most credit for because it seems like all of his matches have a pretty good structure to it, where it goes the right way and the things pop at this time and it builds and it, it just it seems to work really well. There's enough thrills going on during it and and hard strikes and you know shit like that, but it's not just you know, a young bucks match. It's, it's, you know, there's more to it. Um, yeah. Like even, the, the, the match he had against Darby Allen, like someone lined up the clips and apparently like they emulated, uh, a Brett Liger match, uh, Bret Hart Liger match from back in the day. Like, and, and like recreated like so many spots in that fucking match that you see to look fucking identical. It was awesome. But you see, again, like that match planning and the stuff like that. So I started to see a lot more of his abilities and like what he was capable of, because he he was pulling guys out of their comfort zone in the WWE. So to me, I learned more about CM Punk, kind of like ring general dude in WWE than I did Ring of Honor, because he was just another indie guy that was cutting some bomb promos and keeping up and doing the shit, with Raven and all that you know, keeping up with American dragon and, and doing that stuff. But he didn't really have like everybody's fucking attention until he got to the WWE and then it became like another world. Um, but the matches I saw him have with, with, um, with Cena, with, with Brock. Um, I mean, you know, the the list goes on and on. Like the, the great shit that he did out there, with with the guys that I didn't expect to like the matches of, you know, like before his matches with Cena, all you heard about Cena was the five moves of doom and all of that bullshit. And then suddenly it was like, oh, wow. And then it seems like that kind of lit the fire under Cena because then he started working a lot more of those type of style guys. He'd seem more involved in the mid card after a while. You know, he he kind of dropped himself down because he knew he was about to take movie roles and all this coming up anyway. And then he he just started working with the more athletic indie style guys a little bit more. Um, But yeah, like, so at one point, Brian told me like, yeah, CM Punk's stuff was good before he went to the WWE. But after that, and I was like, dude, and I pretty much repeated what I just said in short form, you know, online and said, uh, yeah, like his, his stuff with this was great and whatever. And he's like, I, I'll have to go back and watch it because I didn't even see any of it. I, I'll have to give it a chance. And I'm like, didn't you just finish saying none of his shit was good after ROH? But you're basing that off of just not seeing it and I guess something made you mad enough to say that fuck him. So then you just weren't going to even watch his shit because maybe you're bitter, uh, you know, the CZW shit didn't go well and now he's on a higher platform and how, who is he to deserve this because he, he disrespected this or that, you know. And I like Justice Payne, but like, you know, th- that dude was notoriously bad by all wrestlers account. For the most part, uh, wrestlers outside of CCW that, you know, were the home fed guys that were used to wrestling Justice Payne. People that came in that were just wrestlers and toured everywhere and then stopped by and wrestled him were like, mm, he's, he's not so good. You know, and again, I like them and everything. But if we're basing our opinion on CM Punk based on him wrestling Justice Payne. I, I, probably a bad idea. I, I don't think that uh, we should blame him for that. You know, it wasn't a great match, but, you know, the, the terrible fucking reaction or, or heat it got to it, I don't think it was deserving of that. They didn't gel, and it was what it was. It certainly wasn't anything you should be re-watching or seeking out, I mean, unless you want to, just based on what I'm saying now, but... Yeah, it it just wasn't it wasn't great, you know. They didn't come together, and you know, I think a lot of that had to do with their communication backstage. But again, CM Punk kind of came into a hostile territory. He didn't come into a company. It was like, so glad to have you, dude. I've been been watching you stuff for a while. Like that's that's not Zandig. Zandig's like, yeah, whatever, kid. Yeah, they they said you're good. Don't fucking don't let me down, or some shit like that. He, he said some old cocky shit to him like that. Like, let's see if you're as good as they say, aren't you? Like, fuck, like, like he's got to show up and prove himself to John Zandig. <laughs> like, come on, man. Again, look where he got and look where he got. So, um, Zandig got angry. Well, Zandig came back, jumped off a roof, broke his back, got angry, got all riled up about Trump. Scared off fucking anybody who would do a documentary involving him. And, you know, that's it. Off into obscurity where, like, wrestlers don't want to deal with him, no one wants to deal with him, and he's just gone. And, you know, it was so hard keeping the history of CZW alive to begin with, the old, actual history of CZW. He he just further fucking buried that shit. Because now you can be like, Zandig, yeah, when when Zandig, and you're like, isn't that that crazy Trump guy? Yeah, yeah, but before that, (laughs) <laughs> it just you know it complicates the story so now it's like it takes you a while to drag someone back into that world and they're like yeah he was he was crazy with that shit he said something about the the, the is he a racist or uh <laughs> and it's just like no no but i was saying in 2001 did this thing with no 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 i'm not even talking about rock and rebel right now i'm talking about all right that wasn't a good one let's go back to uh hmm different show no rebel you know and they're like oh yeah this guy's dead too but never mind you know it's just it becomes harder and harder to to you know reminisce about ccw in a positive way because so much of it has been just marred um yeah so i i don't know that again i would uh fault punk for that but but again brian brian was a CCW wrestler? I'm I'm using that term very loosely. Um, from the clip that I saw, because I don't even think I saw a whole match, I, there was no talent, there was no potential, there was no anything. It was just that hack and slash bullshit, take some death match shit, fire barbed wire, whatever the fuck, and eventually you know take a pin to to basically nothing. You know, to no wrestling, no anything. You know, just brawling bullshit. And he made no name for himself. You know, he he carried that Atticus shit for years. Calling himself that, putting it on Twitter, or whatever the fuck else he's on. Vintage Atticus, uh, you know. Atticus Kogar came into the business, and within a year, everybody knew his fucking name. And and there's not a chance you can say Atticus, and anyone is going to go like, oh, you mean brian picard from back in the day like no no one's gonna say that shit unless you worked ring crew for czw no one's gonna go like oh yeah i know what you're talking about so like that's that was just like just a failed venture you know um the other failed ventures is his, his attempts at promoting and that's that's most of the reason that i have a problem with him commenting on shit that he doesn't give a fuck about because he's not really watching it, but he just wants them to fail. And the fact that they're doing good makes him mad because he doesn't like Janella, you know? And the other reason he doesn't like Janella is because Cornette doesn't like Janela and Brian's old school. So he's like, well, Cornette says is right and fuck Janella. and Janella doesn't like Maven. So you fuck Janella. But again, I said, Maven's a clown. I've been, I've been said that. You know, he's on that same bullshit. Like he knows how to promote. But when you go watch the show that he promoted. eh, Nothing you'd rather see on TV than what the fuck he's talking about. So. uh, Yeah, like to me, it's bullshit. I I went to the IW, I think it was IWA Tri-State. I think that was the he switched. I think he switched the company names a few times, but. Now he's going, I think, IWA Vintage or something. But the thing is, is, like, the show was terrible. It was one of the worst shows I've ever attended. We left right before the main event because the main event wasn't going to be anything to write home about. It was Pondo versus somebody. I don't I don't remember. I don't even remember now because it was so long ago. But um, I remember Dom Montoya. This was obviously much closer to the event where Mike Vick did the shit with the dogs. Uh, Don Montoya came out to who let the dogs out in a Mike Vick jersey. So that, that was the cool idea on the show there. So that's, that's the promoter rotor that allowed that dumb shit, you know, some of the cheapest possible heel heat you could think of would having this guy do that shit based, you know, following real life shit like that. Like, cool, I'm a bad guy. Oh, how dare you have a Mike Vick jersey. Oh, when he's making fun of the dogs. Yeah, like, it's it's just whack. It's it's cheap shit. Dom Montoya was a fat fucking slob. Just basic fucking wrestler. Nothing that stood out. Shit like that was getting too much credit. Shit like who let the dogs out with a Vick jersey was getting too much fucking credit. Oh, he's such a great heel. Get the fuck out of here. He just... That that's not a great heel. That that's not great. But um, but that you know that's the type of shit he was booking. John Zandig was actually there, and he actually left like a few matches before I left. He was like, not not entertained at all. Every time he looked back, he looked, he was falling asleep. He was there to, to support because he was friends with with Brian. So um, it was a terrible fucking show. And he had it back in Sewell, back in the spot, you know, where CZW ran at Champs. And, like, a lot of his pitch was, like, we're bringing it back to those days. And, like, I went in, like, dirty Don Montoya, who let the dogs out. And, like, Ophidian versus someone. And, like, that's alright, right, you know, Ophidian's got his, his thing going. But he came out, did the snake thing, scared my daughter. I thought that was funny because, you know, it's... You know, I thought was a little, she jumped into my lap. I had to hold her for half the show, but like, there wasn't like, there wasn't guys like doing the type of shit that CZW was doing like innovative stuff. It, it was, it was a shindy show at its finest. It was a shindy show with like a hardcore main event type deal, you know, which fucking Donnie B has done and Donnie B has done better. I've, a hundred percent been at fucking shows that were 20 minutes from my house that were better put on by Donnie B with fucking hardcore on fucking show. And it's a shindy still technically, but he had enough, you know, backseat boys and Rick blade doing crazy shit and Candido. And, you know, he was doing a lot of fucking wild shit, but anyway, show was fucking terrible. And the thing is, is like, his whole thing is like, yeah, he doesn't like all the spots and all that, but he isn't like, you know, the, I don't know how to put it, but like, he's not about like the flashy shit. You know, he likes the old school, the build, the storyline, all that. Right. But he puts on shows and he, he can't survive long enough to have a storyline. Even if he created a storyline on the fucking show, that show is not going to make any fucking money and he's going to be out of fucking doing it by two months from then. If he gets two shows off in a row, he's fucking lucky. So why have a fucking storyline? Why have a build? Why have any fucking thing when you can't survive, you can't continuously run shows long enough to actually have a full fucking story. You got the beginning of a story over and over. So the only thing you can do when you run, pop-up shows and and your history has been failure where you can't continue to do that month in and month out or or continuous enough where people follow a storyline the only fucking thing you could do is run super cards and you try to make money off your super cards for yourself or your or or if you got a charity lined up or whatever the fuck you doing most likely do charity because that's what shindies do because that's just the face of the thing. So you can make some money on the back end of it while the charity gets some money. And then, you know, in the end, you just go like, all right, well, you know, all the wrestlers got a payday. And, you know, this and that, we broke even. And then we slid this this to them. So it was a good time we got to do, you know, what we we wanted to do. But that's that's, that shindy work, you know. You guys aren't like legitimate competition for anybody. You're not going to suddenly become big based off what you're doing. You're just like a carnival ride. And that's the thing is like my comparison for Brian commenting on fucking AEW. It's like, it's like you've been running a rusty carnival ride for fucking 40 years. Now you're going to tell me that the rides in, in Walt Disney world are, are shit. All you know is rusty carnival rides. So who the fuck are you to say anything? About that, And again, it's not because you're a fan, it's not because you watched the show and said, oh, I didn't like this match that much. I thought it sucked when he did this, it looked really fake when he did this, or, you know, uh, something about when he did that shit just made me, I I don't know, I lost interest in the match after this happened. Like, you got none of that criticism, you just have, I didn't watch, but I think they're messing up by putting too many good things on one thing, I, I saw way too many positives, so now they must be doing the wrong thing because they should have spread it out. But who the fuck, bro? You can't can't criticize shit that you can't do, bro. Like, whatsoever. Like, and again, it's not like, oh, if you can't wrestle, you can't criticize wrestling. This is different because you're commenting on the way that they're running a company when when running a company yourself, it, it cannot be considered a success. There's not a fucking thing that you've done In the world of wrestling, that could be considered a success. That's why it gets annoying. Not one time you go, "Hey, this is what I think about AEW, and it's just my thing or whatever." Every day, it's like if there's any report of this or that, oh, something about that. Oh, they got Suzuki. Oh, they shouldn't have gave that away on TV. Okay, well, that's where they're screwing up. Oh, they did a lot of good shit on Sunday. Well, I wouldn't have debuted that guy the same day as that guy because why would you do both of those on the same day? Because these motherfuckers are holding the cards and they're playing their fucking hand. And guess what? They're competition for the WWE. They're doing something that everybody thought they couldn't fucking do, including you. And now that they are, it hurts. I, on the other hand, didn't think they could fucking do it. And then they did, and I'm acknowledging that they did because that's me being a mature adult instead of fucking pouting every single day about what they're doing right. And, and trying to find some way where you could spin it where, whole well, this, this is the beginning and the end because of this. All signs are pointing in the right direction. I don't have a problem with pointing out the fact that Nick Gage is a drug addict, and if he doesn't get his shit together, he's going to die. Because that's a fact. That's not me hating the deathmatch community will mistake that as I'm just hating, but I'm just realistic. And if he gets his shit together and he goes out there and he's in fucking great shape and great health and he gets a fucking TV contract, I'll be as proud as fuck and acknowledge that he he's fucking doing the right thing. And that I that I I'm so fucking proud to see this dude that I used to fucking watch wrestling in 2001 on my television and healthy. That's what I'd love to see for this guy. But until that happens, I can't treat it as such. So that's, that's again, my criticism. That's the way that I criticize, not, you know, and yeah, like CZW would run a show and I wouldn't go to it and I would skim it online or I could even read the results and respond on what I think about the booking that I'm seeing in front of me, because I knew I was so familiar and and loving that company that I could tell you that by the look of what's going on on that company, I don't like what's what it is. And I tell you why I didn't like what it was. So even when I wasn't watching, I had an an, an invested interest or vested interest in this company. I, I had that, what do they call that, emotionally investing? I had that going where... I, I had a connection with the company enough to say that I liked it when they were doing this. So now that they're doing this, I don't like this that much. I've seen that guy wrestle and I never really liked any of his matches. And now he's on the main event. And, and to me, that doesn't, that doesn't sell me. You know, so that's that's the way I was saying. He's talking about companies that he would never support, never wanted to support, doesn't want it to succeed doesn't continue to watch it and then has something to say about it as if like he gives a fuck you know it's just it's crazy and and that's that's the shit that I, I just got tired of fucking hearing and I just call him out on his shit like bro you haven't run a fucking show that anyone will ever fucking talk about anyone in their right mind will ever fucking talk about let me just clarify that so if you find someone I don't want to talk to them They're not my type of people. You know, and and it's just like, that's for you, man. That's 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 for you. So you could fulfill your dream of running a show. You get the itch to just run a show. But what the fuck does that amount to? You're telling other people how to build their company and how to run a build and how they should space things out. Why don't you do one thing that's fucking entertaining as a booker? Before you tell people how to manage many things that are entertaining it's silly as fuck. But so I, I, I made a post after I said that, that, you know, I'm just going to keep it real and is what it is, but I'll just unfollow people or unfriend people, depending on who they are. So that way you don't have to keep hearing my shit because I don't want to just keep fucking, I don't want to have friends on my, on my wall that every day I just got to go on their page and be like, nah, that's some bullshit too. Now you're wrong on that too. What are you talking about, bro? Like, how how can you comment on that when you're doing it? I'm not trying to just harass people every day. So, if you keep posting bullshit that makes me want to do that, I'm probably going to say something once and then either unfriend you or unfollow you so I don't see your posts anymore and I won't have any reason to jump on them. I just won't see your posts anymore. You can still like and comment on my posts and all that. But I don't see the bullshit that you keep fucking beating me in the head with. So I don't have any impulse to go and comment on it. So that was what I did. I just unfollowed him and I kept him as a friend there because again, like he's been supportive of all these things that I've done. He's been cool with, with me for years. I mean, fucking like a uh, at least a decade I've been talking to this dude online. Like he's my friend, but to li- delete me because you can't run a good fucking indie show. And that shit hurts when you're just like, just won't stop clubbing this fucking company that's like thriving and 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 you just every single day it's some bullshit about it it's just it's irritating and eventually i'm just gonna say something but if that if that amounts to you being like yeah fuck him completely as a person go fuck yourself dude 100 fucking percent go fuck yourself because I definitely thought you had more respect for me as a person outside of my opinion of wrestling. Because again, I don't, I don't feel that I give myself any any kind of uh, image to the wrestling, actual wrestling, wrestling crowd that says you should like me. I don't think that I'm like a wrestling friendly kind of guy these days. So like if you don't like me because you're a diehard wrestling fan, I already understand why I don't, you don't have to explain to me like, "Yo, uh, Oh no. Because the time you said, no, I'm sure I said some shit that you don't like. I'm positive of it because that's all all I fucking do is say that this is why I don't fucking like this shit no more. This is why I stopped fucking following it. This is why I don't want to be around motherfuckers like these motherfuckers in the crowd or these motherfuckers in the crowd. So I know I'm hitting some of these people while I'm talking onto a podcast. I'm positive that I'm, if, if your problem with me has something to do with anything wrestling, I, I I already know I'm good. But if you had any respect for me as a person of what I do at my job, and that's my life, what it, what it comes down to is I, I'm not here for you fucking people, any, any people. I'm not here for people. I was put on this fucking planet to save cats. That's what I was put on this planet for. That's, cats understand me and I understand cats. That's, that's the way things go for me. I might sound crazy to people who don't understand that, but I have a certain connection with them. You know what I mean? I could, I could vibe with them and it's a very genuine connection where, you know, I, I, I know how to like, you know, if they're stressed the fuck out and they're terrified, I can help to fucking calm them down. And they seem to know that with me, you know, like, I've had people that are having difficulty with a cat, you know, in a different area. And they're like, this cat's trying to attack me, get it out of the cage. And I'll just go in there and scoop it up. Like, hey, what's going on? And scoop them right up. And they're like, how did you just pick that cat up like that? And it's not always like that. You know, I got lots of scratches and, you know, I I got I get a lot of uh, damage, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I deal with a lot of cats that are you know, coming at me and all that. I'm not just saying every cat on the planet just drops their guard and walks up to me. It's not like that. It's, you know, this is reality still. This isn't just me telling the stories. Um, but I just have a connection with cats and I've been able to make big differences with them in a way where like, I, I, I know what I'm dealing with. People are just so fucking unpredictable. And if if there's anything you can predict is they're probably going to disappoint you at some point. They're probably going to line up on the other side of something with you that you really can't get over. You know, you, you can't come to terms with them feeling this way about this when you feel the opposite. There's going to be some coming to pass with people where you're just not going to vibe. How many people do you know as like child, small childhood friends that you still even fucking have any interaction or communication or It's like we come and go in and out of people's lives, and it's it's just there's a lot of just levels of bullshit with people. So I don't I don't don't have a strong tie to them like with animals. Animals, it's just a very simple, very um, primal kind of connection where you know it's it's not even through words. I mean, I you know I talk to them and everything, but it's not. You know, you don't have to figure out what their agenda is or some shit. You know, people, it's it's always something. It's always fucking something. So um, that's just my vibe, you know, and I. um, I I just don't give a fuck, man, if you don't like who I am and don't want to fucking talk to me, I'm good, I'm good, like I've I've lost family members, you know. I've lost a lot of people in my life that I, that I cared a lot about. And I guarantee you, I cared more about them than I care about the majority of fucking people who I got left on this planet. You know, you lose a few to death that are the most special to you. And then you're left with a bunch of people who turn their back on you. So when you get that shit that happens and then, you know, people like this, this Facebook shit, I don't give a fuck, man. Like it's not. It's not going to hold a lot of weight with me. And I'll talk about it, uh, you know, with whoever, because it's, it's significant enough to address for sure. But man, don't think for one fucking second that like, like I'm going to hit you up like, yo, like, why can't we work this out? Or I don't give a fuck, man. Um, And that's, that's your call because I know I put up enough as, as a person that I should get a lot more respect and credit than I do. I know. I, I know I should. You know, I know what the fuck I do day in, day out. I know how much I've changed as a person for the better. Um, I see the progress of shit that I'm doing with this house. I see the progress that I'm doing with raising my children. I see the progress I'm doing at work. That's my entire life. That's seven fucking days a week. What I just put on the table right there. That's something I see the progress I do with my body physically. You know, so so what I just put on the table there is everything that I did. That that I'm doing. You know? So if, if what I have there isn't enough for you to respect me as a person, because, Oh, I said something about a wrestler or, uh, he wasn't nice to Frankie Picard. Uh, fuck. Whatever, dude. It, it's, it's, it's insignificant to all the other things that I just listed. Those are the things that matter to me. My job, my children, my house, you know, my family here. Like hey, everything that's in this house, Nina, every everybody that's right here with me, my cat's here. This this means more than any fucking thing to me. My cats at work is you know, it's what I'm here for. And we're making big fucking differences. So beyond that, don't don't expect fucking loyalty out of me. If we take some kind of wrong fucking turn. Expect that shit to be permanent because I, I I ain't looking back. I got way too much right here shit to be worrying about over there shit. So that's that in a nutshell. Uh, which it was pretty big fucking nutshell. I think I explained a lot, but uh, yeah, but yeah, he ended. I think, I think I covered that. He deleted me, right? <laughs> I almost think I didn't even say those words, but. Yeah, so he he unfriended me over that shit. So that's that's why I said everything. That. Um, Moxley new GCW champion. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He's got a good relationship with Gage, and I think that's the the tie between um, you know him and obviously knew Lauderdale before and all that. But yeah, you know, him and Gage. Go back to and um, yeah, he's always had a fondness for Gage. You talk highly about him, you know, in um, interviews and stuff all the time. And definitely said he that he wanted to have another match with him when he came back, and and I think he has a match coming up with him, GCW. But I was surprised they took it off Cardona so fast, but I guess you know that's all they really wanted to do. But I think he's he's wrestling um. Uh fucking G Raver. So that'll that'll be whatever. I just shit like that I can't really buy because it's like he's G is not a big dude. He he just looks like a like a weirdo, like a goth weirdo. And Cardona's huge. It's like how how many skinny deathmatch guys are gonna beat him up? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Moxley's a bigger dude, so, like, at least that's somewhat believable. But he's going to keep getting in with these deathmatch guys that are going, like, watch out, motherfucker, this is my world. And it's like, dude, why don't you shut the fuck up or <laughs> right, grab your motherfucking throat? You know, like, that's that's the vibe I got. Like, when you look at this guy and this guy and, and G-Raver starts saying stupid, threatening shit like that, like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> I can't imagine that, that, like, those two guys fucking get into an argument in the bar or wherever the fuck, and that shit works out for G. Raver. You know, it just, shit looks silly on paper to me. And just, I'm sure in person, it ain't gonna look great either, but um, G, um, G. Raver wasn't always, he wasn't a terrible wrestler. You know, he had a pretty good um, wrestling ability. So they might be able to do some pretty good shit, you know, wrestling wise. Once it gets deathmatchy and shit, like it's, it'll only be what it's going to be. I don't, I don't know. I'm definitely not interested in seeing it. So, uh, Where will GCW be in three years? Do you think on TV? I don't know. With all these, you know, apps and services, you know, I talked, we, me and Shane were talking before the show on it, and, uh, you know, he was saying, like, Vice has, uh, you know, did the deathmatch shit, and covering TOD, and, like, different things like that, the Gage thing. So it brought a lot of light to the um, the deathmatch scene as a whole, and obviously they worked with GCW with a lot of that stuff, and the footage, and all that, so... Um, yeah, I mean, you, you just never know. It could be, you know, Vice shit. It could be, you know, apps. Because the apps are crazy, you know. Right now, like, it, anybody, I'm fucking glad I just, like, randomly landed here. Because I've been meaning to bring this shit up on the show. Pluto, I don't know if I ever brought up that shit. It's a free app. You can get on, like, a fire stick. If you got a fire stick on your TV or whatever. Um, pretty sure you get it on your phone, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Don't quote me on that because I never put it on my phone, but um, it's a and it's just like a fucking TV network, like like a whole fucking list of channels and shit. And they got like the stupidest fucking channels, but they're great. So you got like the American Gladiator Channel. It's all fucking American Gladiators all fucking day, twenty four hours a day, American fucking Gladiators on the fucking channel. That that that's what it is. They got another channel that plays crank yankers almost all the fucking time i I like that one they got like a judge judy channel um that switches off between other shit though um and a lot of the channels do but like it'll just be that it'll just be like oh this show yeah they got that all the time they got like a stand-up channel that plays all stand-up and it's all unedited too so it's like full curses all that shit and like fucking free You know, it's, it's dope. It's real dope because it's fucking free. <laughs> so, well, how could you lose? And a lot of times I just let that shit rock at night. You know, I just put on one of the, one of the channels that, that I go with. They have like a fear factor channel. They have a fucking, uh, wipeout channel. Mostly just like silly ass shows and shit like that. A bar rescue channel, like silly ass shows and, and like whole channels. They got a reality channel that plays like flavor of love still like all the fucking time. It's dope, and They play the PJs on the one channel. Uh, because I think they got, like, a Kevin Hart channel where it's, like, you know, black comedy and shit. So, But they'll have, they'll have like, the PJs on there. They'll have um, Def Jam. Like, it's fucking crazy. Crazy. But um, Pluto's got wrestling channels. So those are the type of things that they could very well land on. And it wouldn't be that big of a leap, you know, because I think they got, like they have tna on there um but i think they have other shit like pcw whatever the fuck that is um thought there was something else i saw on there that was like indie but yeah they they got whole wrestling channels mma channels all of that shit it's pretty cool uh nfl channel that plays like old nfl games fuck man um it's dope um Africa Bambaataa gets sued for raping boys since the 70s. Yeah, that's wild. she ain't been following this shit for a long fucking time because he told me a while ago he doesn't respect KRS because KRS um, got on an interview saying like they asked him about this Africa bambata shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, but it's Africa bambata Like, you can't you can't say anything about him because look what he's done for rap. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> no, nah, nah. that, that that ain't cool. So um, yeah, I guess this shit's finally going to court. It's just like motherfuckers are ninety by the time they actually do shit with them. Uh, Kanye, fuck Kanye, man! That that album is garbage, straight up trash. Why is this guy relevant at all anymore? Like they were getting so hyped for his Donda, and I was like, wait a minute, did he put out like a fire album after that religious ass? bullshit album because i don't think he did and i don't think there's a reason why anyone should be hyped because he stopped putting out good fucking music when he decided that like he was the most religious guy on the planet like he already made jesus walks back then which was great so he was already putting you know putting some shit in but he just went like so much harder to that that side at the same time of going like pro trump running for office Whatever, like really off the fucking deep end so he's just like a religious kook now but um now his album is absolute fucking garbage like just about every song he's fucking singing on and again like you know he got a couple of those joints off back in the day you know he, he got some you know uh runaways a fucking banger you know he got a couple of those where he would sing on a chorus or you know just the way he would lay it down, shit sounded dope. A little auto-tune, whatever the fuck. But now, like, the entire fucking album is, like, the Kanye singing album. And I, it's fucking garbage. I don't, like, as soon as I see a motherfucker on Twitter now, like, because, you know, I got, like, some people I just followed on Twitter. They said something funny or some shit that someone retweeted, so I'd follow them or whatever the fuck. Like, people I didn't even really know, but, like, shit like that, like, whether it be a celebrity or this, that. If I see anybody talking, like, Yo, that Donda was dope, or that fucking whatever the Lover Boys asshole fantasy, or whatever the fuck they call the, the Drake album. If I see people up there like, yo, that shit was, that's, that, that album's great. Yeah, that shit is fire. Unfollow immediately. I ain't not fucking with people that are all about that type of singing ass bullshit. That shit is whack. Fuck all of that on some real shit. Like, it, it's crazy. I, I, there's no fucking way that I I can listen to that shit and be like, yo, that's that shit right there. there. There's just no, there's no fucking way. I can't even tolerate it. I gotta change it. I gotta I gotta take it off of my fucking. Like I start listening, and I go, oh, this won't this won't do. Skip. And and then like that shit develops into something that's just as bad or worse. And now I gotta skip again until I get through the whole fucking album and go, what the. F- fuck was all that and then back you know you go you go to the other one it is a bunch of singing shit of a bunch of singing shit and that's that's not my type of shit i like that street shit that fucking conway fucking ferris blues papoose you know these are the fucking guys right there. but the, these these other motherfuckers that got a little Uzi vert fucking, uh, lost a $24 million forehead gem. He, he went crowd surfing and it fell out of his head. I wish his brain would have fell out on the fucking floor. I wish, I wish his, his, uh, his diamond would have pierced his fucking brain. People like this, like just, you know, nice animals are being euthanized in shelters all over the country. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, Saying anyone should do anything to this guy, I just, I just wish that there was a way that that we could deem them. See, see, it just leans way too like Nazi Germany ish, you know. And that's not the route I want to go, not at all. But you know, when you start like rounding people up for not being good enough, you know, it's it just it goes in a bad direction so i don't know a good way for it to be handled i just feel like people like him are definitely not going to be valuable members of society they're going to somehow find their way out of all the people in the fucking world to be massively rich and then spend it on like a gem that goes into their forehead and then like falling it onto the floor you know what i mean like do you really think these are the fucking antelope that would have survived by the watering hole that had a crocodile in it you don't think that they would have fucking got away right i mean these are definitely the weaker of the the pack right like it's just it's fucking crazy you know sometimes you just need a, a crocodile but yeah i don't know i don't i don't, I don't like these little low oozy birds and things of that nature uh, joe, joe rogan takes horse dewormers yeah i mean these motherfuckers are all crazy all these anti-vax people and then let's just go into this real quick because i'll tell you straight up because i you know i keep reassessing my thoughts on things and i try to make sense out of some of it even the things i don't agree with i try to make sense out of it. i try to come to a conclusion that goes well i see why they they said that or what's you know what's somewhat relevant about what their thought process is um (laughs) So a guy like Loki, a guy like uh, Coach Payne, who's um, he's a physical trainer. I follow him. I've met him at the Battle Frog races, and um, he, he's done like the pregame speech. And he's just—he's a real inspirational, um, great like trainer guy. Where he does like real outside of the box shit that pushes your body outside of its comfort zone and does like shit in different ways just following about Dwayne Montgomery uh or uh Coach Payne I'm sure you'll find his his accounts if you're looking him up like that he does incredible shit like he he does really really good work with that he's anti-vax and all of that shit like if he's required to wear a mask somewhere he'll wear a mask somewhere but he's very anti-vax and he's been speaking out against this shit since the start he's been speaking out against the lockdowns against everything and saying like He's preparing his body to handle things like this when they come about and it should be his choice or whatever. Okay. I don't agree with his stance on things, but he's a guy who you look at and you go, I believe that he watches everything that he puts into his body. I believe that he's looked into the ingredients or where, what he's eating or what he's taking supplement or vitamin or anything that he's going to look into every detail of that thing, because that's the type of physical specimen that's the athlete. That's the, that's the physical work that he's putting in. He's trying to make himself, you know, he, my body's my pyramid, that type of shit. You know, he's trying to put himself into this, you know, physically healthy, consistent, you know, just really, um, structured fucking living, you know? So if you live that life, although I don't agree with your stance on the vaccine, I could say, well, you're about that life. You know what I mean? Low key, if he's, I'm sure he's anti-vax again, I could look at him and go, maybe you really do focus on every single thing you you take into your body and you don't trust this thing. And that's not something you're going to put in your body. The anti-mass shit is retarded and you obviously don't care about other people. So that's the end of that. But the, the vaccine thing, again, if that's your stance on it, I don't agree with it. However, I can look at you and say, well, maybe, maybe that's the way you roll. Um, you know, but, I have never seen so many fat fucking slobs who drink and take drugs that eat fucking fast food on a regular basis. And every new fucking Reese's product that's fucking shows up on the shelves and says new all over it. They don't ask how long did you run tests on this? If they have a new fucking Advil now increased strength, you don't go like what increased it, but they're just like fucking great because my head hurts, you know, based on the fucking five caffeine drinks that you drank that day. That's why your head hurts. So now you want the new improved strength shit that you don't care how it was tested so your head could feel better. So maybe you can go out drinking later and then they'll slide something across the counter and say, try this, and you'll fucking down it like a pig, but you care what's going into your body. I've seen enough of that shit. That's how I'm analyzing motherfuckers now. If they start trying to tell me about, well, I don't know how long it's been tested for and it shut the fuck up. The fuck are you talking about? You know? And again, they also have the side of things where you can't tell me what to put in my body. And then the people who say that often say they should be able to tell women to, what to do with their body. So they play both sides of that card. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's just it's just weirdo shit at this point. It's like this brat fucking mentality or the I don't want to because I didn't say I would do it. That's why. Because you can't tell me what to do. It's my body, my life and it's just my rights. It's like, you know, you sound like a fucking tantruming child, right? Because that's. And the president didn't really win. And now I'm mad about stuff that I wasn't mad about before. And unborn babies. Fucking really do. And then they're born and you don't care. Cool. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's just wild what people are doing. Yeah. Again, like horse dewormers. How long did they fucking test those on humans? that doesn't matter but the vaccine how long did you test that don't like that answer ah fuck man this is there's such a this is again cats don't do this shit with me i don't have to deal with a cat's fucking newfound opinion on a on a fucking vaccine or fucking you know we vaccinate them against all the things that that uh you know may affect them they don't really have a say in it but it's only to protect them and they forgive us. And we, we move on and just, you just don't have the same level of bullshit. Um, Vince kills NXT. Triple H has heart attack. So I guess there's a lot of rumors going around right now that Vince is pretty much trying to end NXT. Um, Adam Cole showed up in um in uh, AEW, but I think he wanted out because of uh The Young Bucks and and that shit. Once that became a viable place to go, um I think the CM Punk signing really really drove home a lot. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, like it drove home a lot that um you weren't leaving the WWE for a place that was going to box up in three months, which is, I think probably some of those guys fears over there. And, you know, you can't blame them. You know, Hey, the company looks great and flashy and they're offering me this much money and this and this, but this is the WWE. And I know they ain't fucking going anywhere. So do I jump ship from the WWE burn my bridge here to show up at this new quote unquote competition And then this competition goes under and now I'm blackballed from the WWE. I can see why people wouldn't want to jump and now suddenly it's looking a lot more solid. Like, oh no, I could actually be part of this movement to make it that much more legitimate and we're there. So now it's making more sense, you know? Um, So supposedly there's there's a rift between Vince and Triple H aren't seeing eye to eye. And, uh, Vince is kind of getting rid of guys that, you know, Triple H was high on Bray Wyatt and shit like that. Um, so that's, that's interesting. I guess Triple H had a heart attack. Gene was telling me like, he thinks like as a result of the stress of all this shit that's going on, which again, I didn't even know shit was going on. I, I learned all this shit like five minutes before the show. Um. Where do I see WWE and AEW in five years? I don't know. Um, WWE is always going to be around. You, You ain't doing shit with them. I mean, they might sell it to something else. The brand is still strong enough to live. If CZW could live that many years after Zandig sold it, then WWE could live another fucking 50 years after Vince sells it. Just on the fact that it's WWE. You know whether the product is any good, whether it's any you know whatever it's going to be, it's still going to have fans. It's still going to have a huge following. The tickets will still cost what they cost. You'll still have pay-per-views. WrestleMania will still exist. Like this shit's even if it takes somewhat of another form at some point, it's going to still resemble what it was. It's it's too the fan base is way, way too strong to abandon it. There's just way too much money to be, to be leaving. Even if they lose like half of their fan base, it's still enormous. It's the WWE universe, you know, for a reason. Cause that's it's a lot of fucking people there. Um, AEW on the other hand, they have tremendous room for growth and it's just a matter of sustaining. That's all. I mean, I I have no idea what their finances are like. I know that they're paying out a lot of fucking money and I don't know what their return is like if they, if they get back well over what they they're putting out, Um, how much of a, like a pet project this is for Tony Khan. And is there an end game? Is there a, a cap of, okay, once we've reached this amount, we need to make back this amount. Is there, You know, is there a limit to what he's gonna put out there? It seems like sky's the limit based on the signings they've done and um, the productions that they're doing and and things like that. So I, I have no reason to think that it's almost over or anything to you know to that extent. But the longer that these guys are there and and create a history for the company, because understand this is still a, a complete upstart company to be as big as it is and legitimate competition for the WWE, they're still an upstart company. We need to see, you know, five years of history of this company to, to, to really let's just start to put some kind of mark on, on like what this is, you know? So you could say, remember two years ago when this guy wrestled this guy and five years later, CM Punk is still there. And he's, he's now got this, this long catalog of his AEW career. And, you know I mean? Like this is the consistency. Now all they have to do is stay the course. They've, they've locked in so many guys and have more on the way. And to issue the, before you know it, everybody's going to be interested in jumping ship to at least see what it's like, especially with the rave reviews from wrestlers and CM Punk and Christian saying how it's, it's like nothing else being there. Uh, no pun intended to CZW because they've never been even remotely close to that league, despite DJ trying to mock people who were successful. Um, but yeah, uh, sky's the limit for AEW at this point. But they got to rein in some of the bullshit, you know, um, I would think, you know, that lower card stuff, as long as they keep it lower card, they keep it on the dark or whatever the fuck do that. But um, I mean, they're they're doing very big things and doing it very well successfully. I, I haven't watched enough of the show to tell you what they're doing wrong because I, I can't see it. I I, um, I see too much positive to be like, oh, yeah, well, they should do, you know, even what I'm saying about the dark, that's just like, uh, I watched, you know, a few shows years back, you know, where some of the guys that were on the card were, you know, like that Sammy Guevara guy, I don't know if he still wrestles, but like, he's not, he's not great. He's like, he's a weird Steve-O looking motherfucker. It's just, he's just like a strange character. He doesn't look like he should be on air. He should, he should be wearing a mask or something. Because he's got some athletic ability, but like his face is off-putting. Like it, for some reason, it looks like he's got an indie face, I guess. You know, it doesn't look like he should be on TV. But uh, he's irritating to me. You know? Something about his face bothers me. Um, and then the, the other, uh, the Penelope's boyfriend. Uh, that dude's not that great Sabian. He's not that great. You know, like. Guys like that, right now they they have like such an insane roster that you know they could they could really just put on fucking super card after super card, super cards with storylines. You know, that's the type of shit they're capable of doing, and they have like so many different things that they can give like everybody a little something. You know, they could they could do that a little hardcore, a little lucha stuff some comedy stuff some strong style stuff some you know they could really go all over the map because they've they've touched base with all those things so they really have the ability they find a formula and something that doesn't go too hard in any of those directions to you know alienate any part of your fan base and they continue to put together just a very entertaining show consistent storylines and stuff i mean they the ball's in their court right now to thrive because they they have gotten such massive signings. Um, Kevin Steen made a a hint, you know, dropped a, a thing on on Twitter that was like the coordinates for Mount Rushmore, which is what they called uh, the young Buck Steen and Adam Cole. You know, so it's like he's gonna be there in no time. I'm sure Generico will be over there. You know, back as El Generico, most likely. Well, um, who knows? Because he, he's made a personality for himself as Sami Zayn, too. So maybe he doesn't want to go back under the mask or any of that. But he'll probably, for all for times' sake, he'll probably switch in and out of the, the gimmick. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so many possibilities. And, and, you know, even talking about it, you start to like, oh, and then maybe they'll do this. And maybe that creates talk and buzz and excitement. And that's something the that WWE hasn't done for a long time. So they really do have the control to, to do some really big things here. So, you know, I mean, I, I can't not wish them the best because I've wanted this type of product on TV for a long time. For the most part, I'm not into wrestling in general So anymore. Like, I, I just can't stay into it. Like Even if I watch a good show or whatever and they're like, yeah, see us next week on, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. By the next day, I'm like, eh now it feels like a chore you know i just i can't stay consistent with it but that's just me it's just and that's the other thing about um the whole brian thing and and the criticism and and my my maturing i learned that if i hate this fucking product and i look and there's a whole crowd full of people fucking cheering I see that product sucks to me. I hate that fucking product. But I can't tell you it's not working because look at the fucking crowd. Look at look at all the people who are down with it. Who the t shirts, the fucking signs, the this, the that, the chants. You know, the, the people who are lining up to fucking get autographs, the people who are, are buying fucking broken pieces of whatever the fuck happened in the ring. Well well, clearly it's doing well but it's not for me. You know what I mean? So that's the difference. Like when you, you're calling something out for being such a failure, but it's not failing. You just don't like it. You, you have to be able to distinguish the difference and then walk away. And that's what I've done, you know, with a lot of this wrestling stuff, which is why I got out of wrestling. I got out of like consistently watching wrestling because I learned that it's not for me. I learned there was way too many big fucking, happy crowds of people. And the show was doing nothing for me. So h- how am I going to tell them that they're doing wrong? If everybody else, but me is happy, then clearly it's just not for me. So I got to do something else. You know what I mean? And th- that's all that is. So that's the difference, you know, maturity wise between me and like Brian, who, who couldn't Grasp that concept. To look at all these fucking happy people, fucking it's not for you. So if you hate the young bucks and they the kicks and they're this and that, but they're selling fucking shirts out of Hot Topic and they're fucking Funko Pop sold out or whatever the fuck's going on. They got a Funko Pop, whatever the fuck. I mean, you, you're still just gonna just keep with the line like, like that ignorant bullshit. They suck. All right, well, um, they don't suck too bad at making money. That that much I could fucking tell you. I, I don't think uh, their bank account sucks. I bet you'd like to switch accounts with them. So I mean, it is what it is. You don't have to like, it, but that's just not for you. They've succeeded in what they're doing, though. That you, you could call them bad wrestlers, call them whatever the fuck you want to, but they are professional wrestlers and they're rich from doing it so how bad could they be i don't know they uh, they manage so but yeah um trump this is another thing shaheen told me at this point i thought Sheen's trolling me so i'll have to look to shut up after the show so if it's not legit understand shaheen swerved me uh Trump is doing boxing commentary over a Vander Holyfield fight this weekend that he got paid like 20 million dollars to do. Yo, somebody got to get me this fight. I am not paying a motherfucking thing for a Vander Holyfield at like 70 years old fighting someone with Trump talking on it. But I got to see this shit. Um, Is that like an actual pay-per-view? Is someone paying for a Vander Holyfield fight in 2021? That can't be a pay-per-view, can it? I, I don't fucking I don't understand, but um, yeah that that's got to be wild, that's got to be real wild. I can't imagine um, how is he gonna stay like on topic of boxing at all, dude? that's impossible. He's it's gonna turn into like a fucking Trump rally over the boxing match. Fucking wild. Um, trying to think if there was anything else. I don't think so. I, um, shout out to, um, Jeremy at I got your five stars doing his thing over there, interviewing all the wrestlers, uh, covering all, all sorts of shows all over the country. And, uh, you know, he, he's trying to stay all on top of, you know, the up and comers and He'll talk to a lot of people you may not have heard of before, but he scouted them out and found the uh, the talent out there. You know, Let you get to know him a little bit better on his show. So check him out. And uh, he's, he's repping his bills, and those motherfuckers are looking to make some noise this year. I'd watch out for them. I mean, not my guys. I think my guys don't have to watch out for them at all. Uh, we'll hopefully see them in the Super Bowl. I mean, Jeremy won't be friends for, like, one day. You know what I mean? Actually, I don't know. We take a loss to the Bills, and it's going to be a few days, but it'll be all good after that. i congratulate him. Even that day, I would congratulate him. But we ain't fucking losing, so and it don't matter. It's all Niners, all fucking day out, this bitch. And tomorrow is one fucking day away from the Super Bowl. The fucking beginning of the fucking Super Bowl to me it's it's like opening day is almost that it's almost the fucking super bowl it just feels like like this momentous occasion of all the games playing everybody's back on the fucking field guys that were all out of action for fucking you know Nick Boza. Nick Boza coming back after being out the majority of last year I mean, this dude is, is an animal. He's ready to just fucking shred motherfuckers in the NFL. D Ford, he's been out of action. He played like one game last year, missed most of the, I mean, this dude has been off the field more has been on the field for us under contract. And he's supposedly, he's like, yo, I, my sh- best shit hasn't been put on tape yet. That's the type of shit he's talking. You know, we got, we got big shit about to come down with that. And fucking Eric, Eric's got some shit with, with Garner Minshew. As soon as they decide to move on from fucking uh, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, which, I mean, who wants a quarterback named Hurts? That's fucking crazy. Um, they already had one. His name's Carson Wentz. He was always hurt. so We're going to be... Playing those motherfuckers on uh, Sunday Night Football, the Colts with Carson Wentz. Fuck yeah, we'll fuck his ass up. And I think uh, I think Dak Prescott might get taken out of fucking football by Chase Young this year because Cowboys is gonna get fucked up. They looked halfway decent against the fucking Bucks because the Bucks looked terrible but I think a a good team would have smashed either one of them last night playing like that. It was sloppy as fuck. But yeah, Eric's got a Garner Minshew as a backup over there in Philly and he ain't got nobody to throw to, but he'll run around looking like Billy Ray Cyrus with fucking a bunch of intensity and passion and shit. So at least you got that. And, uh, that's something that the fans will get riled to fuck up if he's out there because he's going to get fired up, and then the fans are going to go crazy, especially if he catches a couple wins. They're going to get Minshew mania and all sorts of these motherfuckers. I can't wait for half a Philly to cut mullets on their fucking heads. That's going to be fucking fantastic. I need him to win just like a couple games and see if we fucking increase the mullets in Philadelphia. That would be great motherfuckers will have belt buckles and shit <laughs> the Amish country I'll come out of the fucking woodwork and start migrating towards Philly <laughs> be fucking great but yeah man uh, I think that's all I got and uh, give you some Sean Price
0: talk to you motherfuckers next week Botswana, small-time little league player Pop Warner, rock corners with hot blocks that's drug infested, supply suppliers, my money say thug invested, uh, no disrespect to dug down records, after this go round a nigga looking for the exit Peace. sincerely Pyrex Sean. cookie cut it and spit it on alright.com. Vet earner of stripes, the sket burner. Tears in my eyes when thinking the hex murder. What up, hex? I don't parlay with the crew, nigga. I don't wallay with the new niggas. <laughs> Hardcore rap and Mary J. Blige records. That's right. The guard gon' snap. I'm waving the five reckless. Sean Price, the best rapper in Brownsville. Don't know me, by the time this song done, you clowns will. Clowns will clowns Hurt will. something, nigga. Will. Know what I mean? Fuck outta here. Grown man rap nigga, I get my son to fuck one of y'all young rappers up, word to mother fuck out of here, what up Eli, ah, where was I, oh yes, Sean Carter is nice, but Sean Price is the best, <clears throat> Sean gone. gone, no Sean dawn. dawn, Sean is a dawn, I don't wear Sean John, army suit blackberry brandy is long johns, matching cheese tims, you separate weed stems, <clears throat> weed carrier, bulletproof vest tester, Glocka spray the left for Rockaway and Chester, <clears throat> The rap too young to whack Ten fingers, two hands My nigga, the guns clap Bow. Bow. I don't like niggas no more Eight figure dreams, nigga But the figure is four <laughs> These are words from a thousand years Selling crack and the peas, Disguising some housing gear I fucked up somewhere down the line But I got my shit in order The crown is mine hey, hey, Fuck, hey, hey, hey. fuck out of here